Well, if you have your Bibles, open up to Proverbs chapter 29 tonight, and uh, we're going to follow up on uh, a little bit from Sunday's lesson on uh, being built to last, and um, it, uh, understanding that we're what God is building, we're His, we're His resources, we're His tools, everything He's doing, He's building His church, and, uh, and we're all that He has to do that. He just said, I will build my church, Matthew 16. He said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And that's what he's doing. So when you witness to somebody and they come to the Lord, God, the Lord's just harvesting timber. He, he wants to add on to his church. He's building, he's expanding his church. So people are the resources, they're the material, they're everything that God is doing. And uh, tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about vision as we're uh, just ministering on a year of Exodus. Uh, we had our pastor's prayer today and Pastor Nick over here at Calvary Chapel. And uh, they've been in a, uh, just a season for about two years of just being, uh, and I said, well, I can identify. We've been through kind of a tumultuous season, just different thing. But he said, it's, it's just different things happening here and here and nothing connected, but just things happen in people's lives and whether it's people passing away, challenges in people's relationships or, you know, issues in, with, <coughs> excuse me, church life, whatever it may be. It just seemed, said, it seemed to be like one thing after another. They had a, had a gentleman, uh, a couple who had been married 44 years, and the guy just checked out. And uh, he goes, it just doesn't make any sense. He was one of our leaders and, and, and everything in the church. And then after 44 years of marriage, he just, you know, that, that's just crazy from that kind of an investment. So he goes, it's just a different thing. And I said, well, I, I just pray for you that, that uh, it'll go off in you like it is in us. I said, we believe we're in the exodus year. <laughs> and so time to come out of that and enter into the promise. Amen. And long-term things that God has had going on. He mentioned that people carrying sickness and stuff. So I really believe this theme that God gave us wasn't just a casual word. I really believe God wants to give his church as a whole an exodus. Bring the church out as a whole and God's people out and bring them into the promise. And so then as he does that, but in order to walk with God and do that, there's parts that we play. And part of that is, as Chris was reading, we're going to touch on that. Uh, uh, he read out of Joel. We're going to read it in Acts chapter 2. Uh, the prophecy of Joel, that the last days God said he would pour out his spirit. And as his people, we would have dreams and visions. Or, or God would bring revelation into our life to show us, to help us, to have vision, to have a blueprint, to have a plan for where he wants to take us. Amen. Father, tonight we just thank you for your goodness and for your grace. Lord, I thank you that you're moving in our lives and through our lives. I thank you, Father, this evening that you want to say something to us specifically from your word. You, you want to give us the information, the insight, and the clarity that we need so we can walk out the plans and the purposes that you have said that you have for our life. So Holy Spirit, come be our teacher tonight. Cause our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive what you would speak through your word tonight. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Uh, Proverbs chapter 29. I asked you to turn there. I'm going to turn in my Bible, but I also have it in another translation I want to read out of my iPad. But Proverbs 29 and verse 18 says this, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no revelation, uh, the, 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 the root meaning of that, where there is no prophetic vision, 
where, where, where there's no declaration of God. The nation of Israel, when you read from Malachi to Matthew, uh, the historians call that the, the, the 400 silent years. And in those 400 silent years, there was no prophetic voice. There was no open revelation of God's will. No one declaring the word of the Lord or giving direction from God for leadership in the people's life. And so the people just went in crazy ways. And so when Jesus comes, he comes into a religious culture where he says, okay, you through your tradition have made the word of God of no effect. So there's no longer a clear declaration of truth from God's word. So you have Sadducees, you have Pharisees, you have the lawyer, you have all these different sects and all these different interpretations, and each one of them fighting and jockeying for position. Kind of sounds like our government today, amen? Amen. And so everybody just, this is our viewpoint, this is what we're going to do, this is our perspective, this is our special interest religion group, and uh, so you have all this conflict, but because there was no clear revelation from God, uh, the, uh, one other translation says like this, without prophetic vision, people run wild. I like that. Without prophetic vision, people run wild. But blessed are those who follow God's teachings. So that's what we need. How many know we need a prophetic vision for our life? We need that individually, and we need that corporately for the church. The church needs to be led by prophetic vision, and God's people are to be led by prophetic vision. That's what the Holy Spirit brings. When Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to come, and He's going to show you things to come, He brings revelation to it. He brings prophetic clarity and insight and vision to our lives. And, and then, go with me if you would to Acts chapter 11. And so, in, it's one thing to to get a vision, then it's the other thing to have some purpose to fulfill it. And uh, I, have a, I have a dear friend. We've been friends for, uh, man, over 25 years now. And it's funny how it's going, but he's, uh, he's my chiropractor. His name is John Mooney. He's practiced, been here for years, and he's up on uh, the end of Broadway up there. And uh, he uh, just been a great friend. He uh, has been an elder and just a, a, a great leader there at First Lutheran in Placerville. And uh, we just have, every time I go in to see him, we have all these great discussions about the Lord and stuff and different things. And we come from different perspectives on different things, but we have great conversation around the world. But I was blessed because he, uh, a couple years ago, he gave me a copy. He had compiled a bunch of quotes and uh, inspirations and stuff. And so he gave me a like, like a, a folder part of it where he printed it all out and put it out there and, and that. And uh, then uh, when I went to see him, he goes, oh, I got something to give you. And uh, he, uh, so he went out and he put it into a book form. And so this is 1,300 quotes in here that he compiled. And so when they did that, he said, this is what we did. We went back to the original. We went back to find the original person that said it. And uh, because a lot of times in quotes, people will take a quote, then they'll change it a little bit. And uh, I, I had something I said the other day. I think Jenny Montero, I posted it out on Facebook. So, Pastor, that's really good. Did you say that or somebody else? I said, no, I, 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 that's mine. <laughs> Amen. But there's a lot of other ones I have that, that, that I borrow. Praise the Lord. And you try to give them credit. So we went back and we tried to give credit. He said, we might find the original person who stayed that. I'm going to share a couple of those tonight when it comes to change and when it comes to action in our lives. But uh, Barnabas 
heard of them in Acts chapter 11. He heard of the people uh, receiving the word of God there. And so he goes down, if you would, begin with me around verse 19. Now those who were scattered at the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, Antioch, preaching the word to one, uh, to no one but to the Jews only. But some of them were from Cyprus and Cyrene, whom when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. A great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen, verse 23, when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them that with what? Purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. So he came and says, hey, serve the Lord with purpose. Don't just go through the most, but, but have purpose. Have some deliberate intention about how you're serving God. Amen? So look at the cover of your outline. Everybody has the desire to see their dreams and visions come to pass. Everybody seeks to define their life with purpose. There's a God-given initiative to be inside of everyone. All of us wants to be. We get a kick out of, uh, out of our little grandchildren. All of our grandkids are awesome. They're just so, little Grace is just such a unique gift. She is so awesome. And just her little personality. And then all of our grandkids, Jacob and Chase and Ben and, and all of them, our little grandbaby, uh, Aurora, back in uh, Pennsylvania. And they're coming out this August. So we get to see them for a couple weeks and that. But, uh, and then Jamie's kids, uh, uh, Jackson and uh, little Ella. And Ella, just the little smiliest, bubbliest little thing, just always smiling and stuff. But Jackson is, is just such an original. He's two and a half. And, and, and he just he, he just zones in he's been a late talker and that but but he gets so he has such an, a, a, a focused attention on him they just zones in on things and and he's just overly fixated with balls and so anything so when we pull into the driveway our neighbors have this little pedestal and has one of those cracked glass balls out there on it and stuff and so as, as we, we we i pick him up on friday and we go to pull in the house and he starts going high ball high ball it's just like he knows that ball's out there and then we have a tennis ball that hangs in the garage where pastor sue put her cars in to know to not to run into the freezer and so when it hits a windshield that's her stop sign and that so he knows that's in there so he pulls in and he starts going high tennis ball high tennis ball so he knows there's a tennis ball in the garage but just everything about balls and anything I took him to the Folsom Zoo and and he just gets upset because in the cougar cage there at the Folsom Zoo they have balls for the for the cougars to play with the mountain lions to play with and he wants to get in and he just ah 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 going for the balls and stuff but then on top of that sounds like okay that's that that's like a recession but because he's fascinated with balls he started getting interested in the solar system so he won't be three until July, and he knows every planet. He can name every planet in the solar system at less than three. And he has this little jigsaw puzzle, put it down on the floor, and he go, hey, Jackson, where is Venus? And he'll go, there, and he'll go, Venus. And he'll go, where is Neptune? And he'll over there, where's Pluto? And he'll just, I mean, you just pick him out random, and he'll point them out. He knows where they are in the solar system. I told his mom, he's already smarter than you. Hallelujah. 
You're in trouble. But, but he is. But, but be, because that thing gets him. And so inside of us, I'm saying that because inside of every one of us is the desire to be. Little Gray, she loves to sing. Who knows what she, she loves to sing. She loves to dance. She's into the mother goose. Little, uh, it's on either Netflix or Amazon, whatever it is. But this mother goose nursery rhyme show. And all they do is sing nursery rhyme. And she just wants to sing them. And then she's dancing the whole time and doing that. She just has them on. She's fixated with singing and song. But there's inside of us, every one of us, something to be. That we have that destiny set inside of that God-given initiative to be inside of everyone. That desire to be and the source of its motivation is what determines the direction that our dreams and vision will take us in life. It's not a matter of whether we will have them or not, but rather what will be the motivating force behind them. Now, we remember that we're created by God, and God puts a lot of these initiatives down on the inside side of it but though he is our father and he's our heavenly creator that in that we also have other we experience other influencers in our life and all those other influences try to shape our identity to define our values and to determine the direction that we take in life and it's so important that we let God be the one who gives us our identity who declares to us what our value is and who sets the direction for our lives could you say amen See, many people know where they want to go, but sometimes what is lacking is a present directional vision. And people go, you know, I know what I want to do. I'm just not real clear on what step to take. We need that present directional vision. And even like for us at church, I say this is going to be a year of exodus. Well, you have to start. So our start is we have to raise the capital to get out of here to go anywhere else. You have to start taking those first steps. Are you listening to me? In your life whether it is a church, whether it is your personal life, whatever it's going to be, you have to begin with some kind of present directional vision, something that's moving you from where you are to where you want to go. Are you listening to me? That is so important. Or it is the roadmap of how to get there. And it doesn't always mean that it's, that it's clear or that there won't be a detour, but bless God, you've at least charted that course. Amen? In fact, I like doing that. It's now that every, all of our phones have GPS on. If you have a smartphone, you've got GPS on or you got GPS in your car and, and it'll chart a course. But if I've been there before, sometimes I know a better route than it does. And when it starts talking, when I first had a Garmin, when I got the Garmin, and, and then I would go and I would turn someplace and it always go recalculating, recalculating. And I said, I just like to do it to make it say that. I'm going to go around the block just so it has to recalculate, amen, just to mess with it. It was just awesome. Having something in my car talking to me, tell me where to go, was a little too Star Trekky anyway, amen? So we're just messing with that stuff. But anyway, we need that direction, and, and it gets altered. We have to recalculate it, and you keep open, you stay flexible, but you have to have a beginning course that you chart. Vision defines where I want to go. It gives me a long-term goal, and purpose motivates me to go there. That's why, that's why uh, uh, Barnabas said, hey, you have the vision. God's called you. You know you're going to heaven. Now live with purpose. Live with deliberate intention to reach your goal in Christ. Or that is our present cause. So I have to have a map or a plan and a strategy to get there. How many know what Jeremiah 29, 11 says? 
That's what God says. I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. I know the thoughts, and the, not just a thought, but, but I actually have some plans for you. I have something designed. Ephesians 2.10 says, says that according to his predetermined purpose and plan for our life. So God has a plan, a blueprint drawn up for our life. I believe that there's a calling upon everyone's life, a life-fulfilling destiny and goal to be attained, a course to follow that makes a mark in the world for the benefit of others. More than just a job, a home, a car, a family, money, possession. More than that. How many know God's will for our life is greater than stuff? More than just better stuff. But that God gives us dreams to make a difference in our world for His glory and for the increase of, a, of, our king, of His kingdom. Something about our vision and our purpose and our plan should be connected to bringing increase to the kingdom of God. Just like Jamie was saying, hey, there are people, and Chris was praying, the people that you wouldn't think would get saved. Actually, those are the best people to witness to. They're really the best. They, 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 they really don't have a lot of form, tradition, doing anything else. The hardest people to reach is people who know they're a mess. The hardest person to win back is somebody who's running from God. Many times we spend all of our time going off after people who are knowingly running from God. And they've made themselves miserable. Pray for them and reach out to them, but reach to people that are reachable. Amen. And sometimes that's the unexpected people, the people you wouldn't think, like Jamie and said. Praise the Lord. Now, why? This is the day of the Holy Spirit-inspired dreams and vision. Go with me to Acts chapter 2. You're there at chapter 11. Go back to chapter 2. And we know Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost. They're in the upper room. They're all filled. And uh, beginning in verse 14, Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men and brethren, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. These are not drunk as you suppose, for since it is only the third hour of the day, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see what? Vision. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. So we're living in the day and the hour when we should have a prophetic vision. There's no reason for us. Uh, Proverbs 29, 18 should not even apply to us because where there is no open prophetic vision, the people perish or they run wild. But God said he's pouring out his spirit upon all of his people. Amen. And so the opportunity to have that prophetic voice available is there. Every person has a right and privilege to hear from God. God will reveal and make himself known to all. Now think about this. Every person has a vision inside of them of what their life will be, though much of it is subconscious. Go, go with me to Matthew chapter 12. We have a sense of destiny. We have a, a, a sense of vision and purpose. But a lot of it's just kind of inside. And we need to discover how do we get that into living manifestation in our lives. Where it's coming to, to we can just take the vision and kind of put skin on it. Bring it to life. Amen. 
See, from the time of birth or even before, we're building a treasure of positive or negative beliefs and attitudes and visions. Amen. And, uh, you know, as parents, especially young parents, especially first-time parents, the coolest thing about grandparents is that you already made it through your children. You survived raising your kids. So when you get to being a grandparent, you know all the stuff you frustrated over didn't mean a hill of beans. So now you're just a grandparent and you're trying to get your kids to chill. Because you're going, man, I've been there and done that. It didn't make any difference at all. So now as a grandparent, we're just enjoying them. Amen? And so just going on with that. But then, you, but you're seeing from a different perspective. And so Jamie was concerned because Jackson being a, a slow talker. But then we started looking up about slow talkers. Why? You know, because you get the other little kids younger than him, you know, saying little words and stuff like that. Well, oh, wow, how come he's not really saying anything just yet? And in fact, well, slow talkers are super smart. And, and, and they're, just, they're, they're too busy thinking to waste their time talking to you. They really are. They're, they're, they're too busy taking everything in, observing everything. And, I'd watch, and then remember, his memory is just amazing. And I said, honey, you need to just relax. This kid is smarter than you think. You need to start a college fund because by seven he's going to be at Harvard. I mean, I mean, it's it just kind of that thing. You know, you hear about these kids that are just going up. But, 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 but as parents, you're there in that. You, you don't have the outside perspective. You're just there and you're loved and you're worrying over, oh, how come my kid isn't like every other kid? Because he's not every other kid. He's him. And you're not every other Christian. You're you. Well, how come? And that's what we get. That's that spirit of emulation. We try to define our Christianity by being like somebody else that we think is spiritual. And if we acted like them, then we would be spiritual. But God made you, you. He formed you as you. And your vision and your dream. And so we we all start forming that. But depending upon what type of words are being spoken into it. And somebody, you know, your kid will get around other kids. And some bozo will come up. Well, how old is your kid? Well, how come your kid's not talking yet? Well, because he's too smart to want to talk to you. That's why. I don't Anyway. Moving right along. But anyway, but but we'll let people say negative things and then we'll we'll get that. That'll create a concern or or whatever that is growing up or doing different things. And those things get spoken into our lives and affects us. And whether they're negative or positive, they start making a deposit on the treasure that's on the inside of us. And if we don't learn how to respond to them correctly, it affects what begins to come out of it. Matthew 20, uh, 12, and, and beginning in uh, verse 33, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. O brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the man, the mouth speaks. A good man, look at verse 35. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what? Good thing. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth what? Evil thing. So the treasure of our heart is vitally important to what type of vision and purpose we fulfill in life. The treasure of your heart shapes your vision. Are you with me? 
It, it just has a dramatic impact upon it. Because out of that treasure, it shapes what we speak. Look at verse 36. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. How many know Jesus said it's important that the treasure of our heart be the type of treasure that speaks the right kinds of words? Amen? That there's just justification in our word. So think about it. The treasure usually mirrors, look at point number two, the treasure of our heart usually mirrors our parents, our church, our school. These are places of strongest input in our life. They're, they're, what's I'm saying? They're influences that we come in contact with around our family, around our culture, family culture, family structure, uh, uh, peer groups at school, and everything else, and teachers and influencers in our life, church, depending upon the views of the church and, and, and their view of God, their concept of God, what God is able to do in our life today. These are the places of the strongest input, right or wrong, good or bad. We live our lives unconsciously. And those things get put in there. But we, when, when we're born again, we come to life and we have to learn how to live out of our spirit. Could you say amen? And so we bring forth, we live our lives unconsciously, bringing forth the treasure that's been stored up in it. The good news is, is that we can change the treasure of our hearts by renewing our minds. That's so good. I'm so glad when I get in the Word of God that the Word of God is constantly, as Wayne was praying over the marriages tonight, that the Word of God, by the washing of the water of the Word, amen, there's a cleansing that takes place by the Word of God. There's a renewing that takes place. We can think differently. We can believe differently. And we can receive differently than what we've been told. Could you agree? Amen. So important to understand that in moving forward. Vision of poverty, mediocrity, and barely getting by. I like to call that the, the, the hee-haw the, the hee vision. How many remember the, 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 the thing hee-haw? And they always had that, that one segment where they'd sing the song, Gloom, Despair, and Agony on Me. Amen. And so people, but that's so that you, you listen to a lot of people, a lot of time, even Chris, even people with God living on the inside of them. They're still going, oh my God, everything's so bad. I don't know what I'm going to do. They're just hee-haw believers. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching real good. And everything, oh man, this is so bad. I don't know what I'm going to do. How are we going to make this happen? Where are we going to get this? I don't know. What, oh my goodness, did you hear about that? Oh my goodness. Everything is an oh my goodness moment. Amen. But God is different. Amen. God says we can call those things to be not as though they were. We can speak life. Amen. And so we have to rise up above that. See, life stops many people. That mentality stops many people from rising up and living in God's blessing. Amen. Listen to Proverbs. Go, go back to Proverbs. Go back to Proverbs 28. We were in Proverbs 29, 18. Look at Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28, 
And verse 19 says, He who tills his land will have plenty of bread. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread. But if you don't have the right attitude or, or just work, uh, another translation like this. He, let me get back here. Whoever works his land will have plenty to eat. Whoever chases unrealistic dreams will have plenty of nothing. I like that translation. It says here, New King James says, Whoever tills his land will have plenty to eat, but he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. But the God's Word translation says that whoever works his land will have plenty to eat. But see, if I've been spoken into the wrong way. See, we live in a culture today. We, we have a whole generation that's been raised up in an entitlement culture in our nation. And so people who expect to get food stamps, who expect to get subsistence, who expect to get things, we, we have a whole segment of our voting population that, that, that through uh, the, the, the liberal uh, politicians have learned that if we can make people dependent upon the government and we promise to provide for them and give them free this and free that and free this and free that, then they will keep voting us into power so we will get by what we want by promising them what they want even though we can't deliver what they want. We'll tell them we're going to work on getting them this stuff. And so people buy into that. So why do I need to till my land because I've been taught there's another way to get what I want without having to till my land. And then I wonder why I never get out of the poverty cycle. Because I have a mentality that isn't shaped to believe. My vision is not for increase. My vision isn't shaped upon the potential that God put on the inside of me. I'm not walking by a prophetic vision. I'm not walking by spiritual revelation in my life. I've been allowed my life to be spoken into. And the treasure of my heart is that I will live by the assistance of somebody else. Not by the potential that God put on the inside of me. Are you with me? And so it's so important of who we let speak into our life. See, a person who has absolutely no vision for life will commit suicide. People, vision will point to purpose and destiny. But without purpose, I can feel depressed and worthless. If you listen to people, what does it matter whether I live or whether I go? In fact, when Eli was quoting those scriptures, isn't it sad that kids as young, last week, isn't it sad that kids as young as 10 years old are committing suicide? How can a 10-year-old feel like they have no purpose, no meaning, no value in life? Because the people speaking into their lives. The people who are sowing seeds in the treasure of their heart, who are making deposits in the treasure of their heart, are just sowing negative into their life. They're not sowing any value. They're not speaking with a prophetic voice. They're not casting a vision of God's purpose for their life. And you hear me all the time. Why is it so important that we have people involved in children's ministry? Because these kids need somebody. We have so many kids that come to our church that maybe don't have a positive role model at home. They, don't, they come from broken homes. They come from split homes. And they need somebody to speak treasure into their hearts. Are you with me? It's so important. Get involved in that area and, and, and just speak into the lives of kids. Because without that, people feel depressed and they feel worth it. The vision within controls what you can see. Believe and reach for in life. If I cannot see it, then there's nothing to reach for 
and believe for in life. And you have to make yourself look to see things in the Spirit. You have to learn how to live. Visioning God, moving forward in God, having an exodus coming out. You have to be to see yourself out of the situation. See yourself what with God is declaring to you. Can you say amen? This is what makes me mad. I used to say it years ago. I taught a lot more on vision, taught a lot more on leadership in the past than I have over the last several years. But I used to get so mad because people would take the principle, God's truth and principle for success and for vision and for leadership and turn it into a secular marketing tool and make millions off of it. And people in the church be sitting over here living in poverty, not believing for anything. And people taking the principles of God's word. And building success out of it. So it's time to take back what belongs to us. Amen? Take back the truth of God's word. Get back and rise up in the leadership that God has for you. Live by the vision that God has for your life. And be that person that lives for purpose. Amen? Think about it. Because God gave us the ability to renew our mind, we can renew or change the vision of life that lies within our heart. Heard me say it. And, and it just depends. And, and regardless of where you're going, so many people get discouraged because they start out running for God, and, 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 and the first thing they run into is a door a closed door in the direction they were going. And you hear me say it when I talk about this and going to Bible school and going into ministry. But because I was divorced before I got saved, uh, the Assemblies of God, I approached them and said, Hey, I went to Bible school. I'm all trained. I'll do that. They're saying, I'm sorry, we can't use you. Because of this, because of our current uh, uh, doctrine and because of our current uh, regulations and the way we view and our perspective and everything else, we can't use you and do that. And, and so I have to go, well, whatever. I put all this planning. Now I can't use it. What's to use? I might as well just keep working for the cable company. <laughs> Climbing telephone poles, sliding down, do whatever. You know, I, I, might as well, I might as well just give up because they said they can't use me. But when they said that, something in that conversation with, with, the, with the secretary of, of, of the organization, I'm calling up as a son, I'm sorry, but not all of us feel this way, but these are our regulations and, and we can't use you. The next thing out of my mouth was, well, praise God, I'll just serve God and see what happens. He called me, not you. I think I'll just go ahead and serve God anyway and see what happens. And so the whole thing was that I go through this whole 34-year cycle and so when God began dealing with me back in 2013 to, to, to uh, transfer my ordination with the Assemblies of God, it's been 34 years. Amen. And so this is what I told him when I filled out my application. I said, hey, guys, this is where I would have been if I could have been all along. Amen. I, I said, I, I, I just want to finish where I would have been if I could have been. All along. And so it was cool how God ran a whole 34-year cycle to bring me to that place. And, and, and I'll just share this because many times you miss it. And, and if you don't respond right. In, uh, that, I graduated in May of 1981. In April of 1982, we were on staff at Bernie Assembly of God. Harold Johnson was pastoring in Live Oak, California. Harold Johnson came up to preach Sunday through Wednesday for the pastor we were serving under there. On Wednesday night, Harold Johnson calls Sue and I out. We stand up in the front, and he says, Son, there's something in every man's life when he's serving God that is a wall, that it's a barrier 
that only God can get you over. It's just a very simple word. And you have to trust God to get you over. Laid hands on me, the power of God laid me out. And I didn't see Harold Johnson again. That was in April of 1982. Do you want to know when I saw him again? When he laid hands on me for my ordination. 34 years later. And I called him up. I said, Brother Johnson. And he goes, when I found it, because I, I just submitted. They, they give you a list of names. Who do you want to lay hands on you? His name was on the list. I said, I want Harold Johnson to lay hands on me. He's now retired, living in Redding. He drove all the way down from my state all day to be there so he could be there. And this whole 34 years, are you listening to me? And so God's vision, God's plan for you, and many times we get going, and you have to learn not to get discouraged. Just stay in the process, amen? God is building His church. You're a part of it. You're the reason. That's why I said the whole thing is under construction. The problem is, is we see ourselves finished when we haven't even been debarked. We think we're already a candelabra or something like that, and we just barely, we still got limbs on our tree. Hallelujah. Amen. We haven't even been through the barker yet. Hallelujah. So watch this. So because God gave us the ability to renew our minds, we can, we can move forward. Romans chapter 12, Ephesians. In fact, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Are you getting this tonight? Yeah. We may have to finish the rest of it next week. We may not get through all of it. But Ephesians 4. We'll add a little bit to it for next week. This is so good. Ephesians 4, let's just begin verse 17. And this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer, everybody say no longer. That you should no longer walk like the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardening of their heart. Everybody look up here. That's every one of us. Before you come to Christ, that's where we are. Paul's talking about unregenerated people. Verse 19. Who being past feeling, having given themselves over, having volunteered, to licentiousness, to work all cleanness with greediness. Verse 20, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, and the truth, as the truth is in Jesus, and look at verse 22, that you put off, everybody say put off, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt, According to deceitful love. Verse 23. And be what? Renewed in the spirit of your mind. And so this is ongoing. There are times when things happen and I want to go retro. In my emotions, I want to go backwards. I want to get angry. I mean, I haven't. It's been a long time since I've said a bad word. Let me know what I'm saying. When I got saved, all I did was cuss. For the first several weeks after I got saved, I didn't say nothing. Because I had to learn a whole new vocabulary. <laughs> Amen. I was just like, blah, 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 bl
How many of the guy, what's the guy on, on Hell's Kitchen, that Ramsey guy, whatever he is? He just cusses at everything and, and do that. I, I made him look like a kindergartner. Amen. So all that stuff, you're just going, oh, my goodness, you know. And, and, and so you just have to learn. But see, for me, all that stuff's still in there. It, it, it still is a reservoir back there. And so things will happen. You start thinking, my reservoir is probably bigger than yours. But anyway, but, but all that stuff's back in there. So something happened. Next thing you know, you want to say, amen. Especially if people, or, or I'm in a situation somebody, and, and they're just going, and it gets aggravated, and you just want to enlighten them. Or light them up or something. How many know what I'm saying? So, wait a minute, you go, wait a minute, I, I, wait a minute. That's, it. that's that old guy. Man, I'm supposed to put that old guy off, and I need to be renewed in the spirit of my mind. Because verse 24 says that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. And then it's easy to kind of go away. God, aren't you proud of me that I didn't do that? (laughs) And uh, that never goes over well with the Lord either. Verse 25, therefore putting away lying, let's each one speak truth to his neighbor, for we are members one of another. There it is again. When I talked about Sunday morning on being built to last and we are the church and we are together, Paul over and over, the Bible over and over shows us being built together. We are members one of another. Amen? And so it's so important. But we need to be renewed. So we can renew. We can learn from God's word. And, and we can break out of those limitations. Verse, point number one back here. As we learn God's word, the limitations that were built up on the inside of us are removed. As we see God's destiny for our lives, we can renew the vision or the goal for our future. Amen. And this is what I found when I got saved. I've always been so amazed at the opportunities God has given me and where we've been able to go. We had up seven, seven, several years ago. I've been to 11 nations of the world preaching the gospel. It's just, it's just amazing. And we have people ask us all the time, would you come over here? Uh, Elwood and them want us to come over there. You need to come to Liberia and see what the Lord's doing here. You're supporting. We have, Sharwan wants us to come to India. People want you to go. So when you help people, they want you to come. They want you to be a part. You could go. But God could, he gives you these connections. You go all over the place. We have people want you to go. We have people want to go to Philippines. I get emails from people. Would you come and do that stuff? Well, but you want to stay. You want to make sure it's God. Are you listening to me? At the right time are all kinds of opportunity to go to different places and do different things. And so, but, but in that, to think, God, I never saw that in my life. I, there's no way I could have believed that you would have had opportunity for me to do things. And the things that God has for you are unique to you. And that's why I shared that message Sunday morning. Because we think, oh, well, I want to be the wood on the wall. I want to be the door. I don't want to be the screw holding in the hands. I don't want to be that. No, be, you're in the building you're in the building. Are you with me? It's like people get up there and they think about all the different stuff in heaven. You know, people think they have all their complaints are great, but if you make it to heaven, all that's going to go. You're just going to stand there and go, well, okay, I made it. You're just going to be thankful you're there. Amen? And so the part of that being there, being a part, man, I'm a member of the body of Christ no matter what it is. And, and, and this is the best way I know to do it. Just always stay a servant. When it comes to vision. Visions, I'm, I'm a little bit ahead of myself, but vision is always connected to other people. 
God puts in you. And, and when you're doing what you're called to do, if you'll do what you're called to do, many times we're doing things that somebody else is gifted to do and could do it better. Just like I'm excited about Tim coming on board and, and working with in an executive area. He just sees things in a way I don't even think like that. But God's put that in him to think that way administratively. I see visionally. I, I can see with vision. I can see it. I could draw it up. But then after I drew it, I'm like, okay, now what? Amen. But, but, but he has the what and the why and the how. He, he thinks in that or the, in the next phase to take that to pass. Are you with me? So in, in leading that, because many times vision is like the architect, but then you've got to hire the contractor that knows how to build it. Are you with me? And so, we, we, but we need that teamwork, and then you hire that, and you go, so that, that's why I said Sunday morning, well, somebody get together, well, I'm just going to do everything else. Well, are you a plumber? Are you an electrician? Do you know everything? Can you do it all? Well, you know, I, I, I can get a tutorial. I can watch YouTube videos. <laughs> See, the, our, our, you know what our problem is today? We have too much access to instant information, and we're overly impressed that we're smarter than we are. Some of you will get that later. <laughs> Amen. And so we're trying to do things that we shouldn't be doing, and then we wonder why it's not turning out well. Praise the Lord. And so, watch it. So as we see God's destiny for our lives, we can renew the vision or the goal for our future. We can remove the limitation and remove and, and, and restore the goal for our future. Is Teresa still here? Did she have to go? Okay. All right. Amen. So watch it. As you seek God for the blueprint of your life, you are establishing the vision for your future. I must believe in His pre-planned purpose for me. I have reason for being here. Everybody look up here. You have a reason for being here. Let me, let me read you a couple quotes. He, he had a, a chapter in here on change. Just quotes on change. Mahatma Gandhi said this. Be the change you wish to be in the world. You be the change. Don't wait for everything around you to change. You be the tame, change. Sometimes in the winds of change, we find our true direction. That's good, huh? Think about this. Jim Rohn said this. You cannot change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction. Amen? And I know this for myself as a pastor. I can either go, you know what? I'm here and the church is here and we can either maintain or we can change. And so to change and to do that and restructure, that means everything changes. And you put yourself in a change. Our problem is because we're creatures of habit, we like everything to stay the same. How many of you get up pretty much at the same time every morning? How many don't like it when your routine gets messed up? That's why people, oh, it's daylight savings time. It's all affected by an hour. Okay, I just think we're smarter than the clock. So why don't you just tell yourself, hey, if I go to bed an hour earlier and get up at, at the same time, I'm still getting seven, six, seven, whatever your normal sleep range is. Go to bed where you get the same amount of hours. And if you got the same amount of hours, you didn't lose anything. Why take six weeks to recover from an hour change? Powerful. 
Ellen Glasgow said this, All change is not growth and all movement is not forward. All change is not growth and all movement is not forward. Amen. Norman Vincent Peale said it good because it ties into this. Change your thoughts and you change your world. Norman Vincent Peale wrote The Power of Positive Thinking. Do you know that the Word of God never tells you to think negative? God's Word never tells you to have a negative thought. God's Word never tells you to speak negativity. The Word of God tells you to speak life. Amen? To speak truth. God's Word never tells you to look back. It always tells you to look forward. Amen? As long as you're moving, it will take God less energy to change your direction. All right. Let me give you this on action. This is good. There's three quotes in here about vision tied to action. An old Japanese proverb. Vision without action is a daydream. Vision without action is a daydream. So let me just show you with the church. Okay, it's time for us to have an exodus. We need to move. So as a church. Now listen to what I said. When I said that God is giving our church an exodus. And the exodus is for his people. It's for us corporately. And it's for us individually. So what we're doing. What God is leading us corporately. And then we get into that. And then God deals with me about restructuring. So now the church is going through a change. I'm going through a change. And if you're going to enter into that. You're going to have some change. Start moving and some change in your life. Vision without action is a daydream. Action without vision is a nightmare. That's good, huh? Okay. In order to carry a positive action, we must develop a positive vision. Yeah. Another person said, vision without action is merely a dream. Action without vision... Just passes the time. Vision with action can change the world. I like that. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this evening. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. Father, I thank you for this Exodus season that you have us in. I thank you for this year. This is going to be such an amazing year. We're just turning the the, the end of this third month of this we're only in the third month and you've already been doing such amazing things lord we're so excited for what lies ahead for us as a church as a body together and then lord what you're going to do in the church is going to be made up of what you do in each one of our lives so father help us to live with that prophetic vision. Holy Spirit, we draw upon you to speak into our lives. You're here. You're our helper. You're our teacher. You're our comforter. You're our guide. We need your voice. We need your clarity in our life. So, Father, I thank you tonight that you're going to lead your people with your prophetic vision for their lives. And I thank you, Father, you're uniting us together as a church as never before. Father, I pray over your people tonight for every area of their life. Father, I pray whether it's been something conditionally in the relationship, whether it's been a health issue, whether it's been a financial issue. Father, I pray they get a vision of moving forward. I pray renewal over their lives, Father. I I, I pray a new treasure in their heart and that out of the good treasure, 
the good treasure, they begin to speak forth good things. Father, believe in you that they can receive everything you've declared concerning them. I thank you for the thoughts and for the plans that you have for each one of their lives. And Lord, we declare them fulfilled in Jesus' name. Everybody said.